My system shut down. My eyes are bleeding from the mask. But that was very fun. This is the most stressful Jenga game I've I, ever I, I played, know. Steve. All right, keep going, man. Time is a virtue. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I literally, I did, I hit a turnaround jumper in this dude's face for the win, and I am oh usually not a bad sport, but I go. <laughs> I went back into my car, I, I reclined my seat all the way back, and I went, fuck it. <laughs> I was so fucking mortified. It sounds like you're hard on yourself sometimes. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit, 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 yeah, yeah. You like this mustache? I fucking love it. <laughs> it's, it's fresh You, from you today. like my mustache? Yeah, man. <laughs> Been growing it for fucking 33 years. It looks good. <laughs> it looks you. real good. Looking real strong. Thank you. Yeah. You <laughs> see my pubes, there's nothing there. <laughs> have you ever been able to grow a beard or anything? Never in my fucking life. I actually still have the first uh, shaving cream can that my mom gave me in college. <laughs> and you're like, and Ken couldn't even grow hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my Kendall couldn't grow hair either. At all. Yeah. Uh, my sister had, uh, she had that uh, shaving can uh, Barbie and I thought it was so cool. I was like, man, this guy's awesome. Like she would shave him. <laughs> can you grow a full beard? I can, yeah. Fuck, I haven't been able to grow any fucking facial hair at all. Like, I get, I literally have, I think, 17 hairs that come out here, and then eight on each side here. That's it. And I actually tried growing it out to see, and it's that's just what do, it is. Do you get, uh, like, back hair or nipple hair or anything like that? Oh, Asian people always have nipple hair. It's yeah? It's the most fucking... The long, long ones? The most disgusting thing ever, dude. It looks like both my nipples look like two catfishes just like right here, and they just grow out these whiskers. Asian people always have nipple hair. I always say that mine uh, look like spiders because when I get in the pool, like it looks like like legs spreading out. Do you like, have, do you have back hair? I don't. No. See, I'm like that's super smooth on my on my back, and then it, for whatever reason, I have the 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 happy trail area, and then I have nips, and then a little tiny bit on the chest. Is your happy trail area a, a, a singular line, or does it just grow everywhere? Uh, it's mainly singular and then it, it fans out a little bit like on on the belly part You know what I found? I used to be like 280 pounds mm -hmm. and I thought I had a really hairy belly <laughs> It's not even that I have a hairy. I was just so fat that it just spread my happy trail out And then when I lost the weight it concentrated back into one right back into the middle You're like I've had this sexy strip this whole time. Yeah, it's like <laughs> my word <laughs> it went right. Hello. <laughs> it's like your secret garden it closes yeah. back up. I didn't know like I had no idea that I actually had a happy trail it was just I was so fat the the circumference just just spread everything Dude, apart. Dude, that's insane. Yeah, I was a big boy, man, two hundred eighty pounds, solid. Yeah, that is that's a big person. Yeah, I had no fucking idea. Did you have back problems or hip problems when you were oh, that big? Back problems, hip. Pro I had heartburn every fucking night. I thought that just was life. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's just how you do. I mean, I thought for whatever reason that getting diarrhea every week was normal. <laughs> I thought diarrhea every day was normal. <laughs> I had diarrhea every day.
<laughs> we're on the same wavelength yeah. <laughs> like like I legit, ideas stuff i had diarrhea every day and i thought this is life as well yeah <laughs> just one conversation with a friend they're like bro you shouldn't have diarrhea every day i'm like yeah. what do you mean the frank sinatra song that's life <laughs> yeah. playing in your head all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was pretty fucked up <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i think part of it was um my comic diet that i was just eating stuff like late at night every single night so it was just you know it was bound to happen if you're not eating fruit and other stuff to like mm. break that stuff up and how are you so skinny how am i uh lucky metabolism because uh i definitely have like on my mom's side we have like an obesity problem like oh. i had like my nana and big papa were so big that they had to uh sleep in lazy boy recliners like they couldn't sleep on beds because they're so big holy shit yeah where are you from kansas okay that makes yeah. sense <laughs> it just, just slowly pieced together yeah yeah i was like that doesn't sound like a california thing no 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 they were uh, they lived in iowa so you know what's interesting like uh my buddy's uh girlfriend is from the uk mm -hmm. and i keep thinking that california's portions are smaller right because when you travel around you do comedy you go to the south you go everywhere of course but she looks at california portions she goes you guys are all fucking fat fucks like why do you eat so much like our portions are extremely large Really? Yeah, because like she 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 told me the story today where she ordered like a drink and it was uh, a small and they're like, oh, do you want like a bigger size? She goes, this isn't the large, and that's what we think when we go to Texas. Oh, of course. Because when we go to Texas, it's yeah, when they get up. like a when you get like a Texas sweet tea, it's all sugar. Oh yeah, when you go to uh, the like the, my family members in the Midwest, they had those uh, those gas station like cooler mugs you know what i'm talking yeah. about they're like you can fill i think they're like 64 some of them are like even like 82 ounces or some, some weird number and it is seriously like you a normal person that would last a day or two like because it's so much liquid but they would bang those out like just putting like diet cokes and diet pepsis in those things you know what how i figured like how fat people are on the other side of the country or like in the middle states mm -hmm. i i i got i booked a show and I was doing stand-up, and then I used to be really big, or what I thought was big, and I did like a self-deprecating fat joke, and nobody got it, because I was like the thinnest one in the room. Yeah, you're the skinny guy. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck is this skinny fuck talking about? I'm like, you fat bastards. Like, yeah. is this, this is different, a different world. Oh yeah, when, when the audience is like, I don't get it, you're like, oh, we have a different <laughs> yeah. reference point for what fat is. Yeah, well, because like, especially because like Korean parents, they're very particular in letting you know how fucking fat you are. Sure. Every fucking day. Like they would just slide it in real quick. They just, my dad my dad would call me fat any chance that he had. So you just to wake up a fat, you know, I'm like the fuck, dude? I'm just, I just woke up, bro. Were you like as far, like even in your extended family, were you the heaviest even in your extended family? Everybody was skinny except for me. Like I was always the biggest one. That's hard. Yep. Especially by comparison. I mean, you're literally like the black sheep of the family at that point, like visually, not yeah. even like, like emotionally or like, like, oh, he's got, you know, some issues. Like he's working on some stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you see it. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody went to graduated from college. I didn't graduate from college. Okay. So I was definitely the outsider. Right? Sure. Cause they were all college educated. They didn't really get in trouble a lot. Like I got, I got, um, I had to switch like elementary schools cause I got into like too many fights when I was a kid cause I was so problematic. And so when I was in, did you have a lot of people calling you fat as a kid? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. who, come on, it's kids. On. They absolutely have to. If they didn't call me fat, they're fucking losers. Of course. 
You got to prove yourself. Exactly. If you don't call somebody fat, you might be fat. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, how dare you call me fat, yeah. dude? Yeah, but I, I was a big kid in elementary school. And then, you know, that leads to like a lot of bullying or whatever. Dude, of course. All the fucking time. I think that's just a that's just a part of life. Everybody gets fucking bullied. But I mean, that's how I mean, a lot of us, you know, build up our funny is mm-hmm. is is we're faced with something that's like we're like, oh, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this? Oh, I can extinguish this immediately with humor. Like that, that's for me. Like when I like uh, started going to, I went to like a private school growing up. And then when I went to a public school, that's the first time I found out I had a big nose was in public school. Cause they I just had to let you know. They let me know. Cause I like before that, like in private school, like people were too respectful and like they're trying to be Christian and stuff like that. Ah. So they're like, oh, well, we're, you know, that's just, you know, that's just a physical the, blemish the that the Lord you gave nose. you this beautiful nose. Yeah. <laughs> and then so he was like, oh, like uh, made, made buddies with a black kid. And he's like, you got a big nose. Of just course. like right out the, I'm like, what? Huh? Well, I grew up in I, so I grew up in a predominantly black and Asian area. So like roasting people was the shit. That's how we connected. Yes, yeah, that's part of the culture. Like if you don't get made fun of, they don't really fucking like you, dude. That's what I found out with the New York comedy scene uh, when I started going out there years ago. I thought they hated me, and then somebody finally pulled me aside. They're like, Jeremiah, if they're roasting you, you're in, dude. Like roll with it. I'm like, yeah. oh, I thought they like couldn't stand me. Yeah, because it's in LA. It's just different. Like we don't like quite go at each other like that, like outside the clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, so I actually didn't know that because because I grew up in Sacramento, California. It's a it's, you know you kind of grew up in a small area. You just do small town people shit. Yeah. And then when I came out to this city, I didn't know that a lot of people couldn't. They would dish it, but they couldn't take it as well. So I don't have that boundary between like, oh, this is uh, friendly talk and this is destroy this person. There's like a middle area that you have to learn how to play. Yeah. I, I never grew up with that. Everybody would go in on somebody. Like if your mom died yesterday, they're like, oh, probably your fault. You know, <laughs> you just kind of have to deal with that shit. Right. So this is what I grew up with. And then when I came out here, I remember this specific person. And she was a friend of mine. Still, she's a friend. She's still a friend now. But she made a fat joke at me. And this was at a group party. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any of these people. So I was like, oh, she wants she wants to roast she me. She wants some. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And so I made fun of her nose throughout the whole fucking party. And so I kept calling her Owen Wilson. And then I just kept going in on her. I made fun of her flat chest or no ass, whatever. And I thought we were having a good time. But she was just sitting there just kind of laughing uncomfortably, which I didn't know was uncomfortably. I thought she found it funny. Right. Lo and behold, she she didn't talk to me for like six months. Yeah. And then I talked to her, her now husband. And I'm like, hey, does she have something? Like, what did I do? He goes, well, remember that party? You fucking went in on her. I was like, bro, she made fat jokes at me. What was I supposed to do? You can't just walk away calling me fucking like a whale. I think that like in that time of our lives, definitely girls are in that self-conscious area where they want to dish it, but they do not want to take it. You know what I mean? They don't want to hear any mm-hmm. of that stuff. She, she, she the, got a nose job, so. Did she I, really? Yeah. I, I I might have contributed to it just a little bit. You might have. You did. You are the guy. You can't say might when you are the guy. She actually killed herself. Too. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. She chopped off her nose right before yeah. she killed herself. <laughs> No, 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 no. She's fine. She's fine. We're, we're, we're still friends. But I didn't know that she was offended until now, after. Do fast. you think that she has truly gotten past that with your friendship now? Or is there still like a hint of that? Like, you know how you can after you squash beef with certain people and certain friends in your life, there's still even like I'm really good about making things not awkward after I squash beef yeah. with friends. But 
sometimes I'll find out that they're still holding on to it like later on. Is it the same situation? I mean, for she just doesn't play that game anymore. Now she knows. It's like yeah. don't don't play with fire. Yeah. Because when she made the fat joke, I laughed and I thought she, she's like <laughs> she's like the girl who went surfing who's like now missing an arm from the shark <laughs> and now she's friends with the shark. Yeah. <laughs> she's like no no no, no we're just hanging out right. <laughs> she's like slow and, and you're like you're not getting on that surfboard are you? <laughs> but yeah she's <laughs> I think she's I think we're cool. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to really uh maybe I'll ask her. It's like are you, are we cool? You should, you know, because I, I had a buddy recently who um, huh. I, uh, dude, and this is like one of my bros that I thought like we had squashed something from like a year or so ago. And another buddy told me like, I'm like, why is he acting this way about this? And he's like, well, you did that thing that one time. I was like, dude, I literally forgot about that because I apologized. A, I owned up to it and we talked it out and we squashed it. Like as soon as somebody says like, we're good delete like it's gone out of my head yeah and then i had to revisit it because and i was like hey are you like he's like yeah it's it's like it still kind of bugs me to be honest what did you do i can't really get into it (laughs) (laughs) i can't really get into it uh because it's a comic i can't really you know what i mean but um i i just um it was a um it was a heat of the moment thing where uh some respect between us we we kind of tested each other's respect levels um and it happened uh, in front of some other comics. So mm. it's it's weird because like I've definitely been roasted by like comic buddies. Yeah. And they've got the best of me. But I'm also laughing too though. Like yeah, of course. It's fucking hilarious. If I don't have anything, I just gotta sit there and take it. I don't, that's I don't, how I feel uh, that's how I feel. Like if I get if I get like properly roasted, I'm like you got me, dude. Like I don't, I don't have anything. That's hilarious. Like, yeah, that's that is what it is. And then you just fucking you go home and cry. Yeah, and then, and then you come back. You write roast for the next time. Yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere, there's no context whatsoever. Yeah. And another thing. Yeah. It's like what the fuck are you doing, man? And another thing. Where, <laughs> where's that coming it, from? It's happened a lot. But you know what? The funny thing is too is I, I always found it very odd, just because I don't think I've ever like fully dived into like the the stand up comedy realm. I just mm-hmm. happened to do stand up growing up because I wanted to be a really dope stand up, and then I found YouTube and I switched. You know, sure. I did YouTube instead. Yeah. And so I didn't realize how a lot comics are a lot more sensitive than they put out to be. Dude, I I mean, that is such an understatement. Like, I, didn't, I, I didn't know. Dude, I think in with me working with comics and becoming super close friends with comics over the years, I think that we are actually more sensitive than mm-hmm. the average person. Even the people who put up that that those big walls and stuff like that, I think a lot of them for the most part are not Teflon. Like they really, everything is weighing down to them. Like the whale with the barnacles underwater. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I had no fucking clue. And there's obviously we're not going to name drop, but like just having a couple of conversations with people and you know, the conversations after like, yo, I didn't like the way you did that. I'm like, wait, you, you're the one that's fucking out here tweeting that you're not, you don't get, people should be able to say whatever they want. Dude. And I'm like, yep. oh, but it doesn't apply to you though. Yeah. You want people to praise you. There's also, um, the ego in the stand-up world i mean you have to have a somewhat of an ego to think that you can hold the attention of a crowd for an hour being one person talking into a mic Mm -hmm. you have to be somewhat delusional to even like get into it but there's i feel like the longer i'm in it i'm like oh wow i didn't realize that that comic had like a legit like ego with about them yeah like they're not like roll with the punches they're like hey can i talk with you for a second it's like oh okay yeah because I've, I've gotten roasted and then after I just come up to him like, bro, 
you got me good, dude. That shit was fucking funny. I mean, I think it's just, you know, everybody's different. I get it. But I think that's because that's how I grew up with my friends. Sure. I kind of expected comics to be an ex, like an ex, more extreme version of that where you could literally say whatever. That's, you know? I mean, <clears throat> that's a lot of comics. Love language is is the roasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how they show affection. It's like, okay, if you're interested in me, then I'll mess with you. Like I'll roast you. Yeah. The worst thing you can do is ignore somebody. That's, I mean. Yeah. That's that's way worse than getting roasted or being made fun of a little bit here and there. If you are ghosted by people in person, that's always worse. Yeah, because I, I heard this other story about somebody else where they were, they kind of, they had him as a guest on a podcast and then they made this like reoccurring joke about the person. And then afterwards they had to cut that whole section out of the podcast because they're like, hey man, comic to comic, like you can't really do that. It's like the fuck are you talking about right, 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 right. Like, what kind of weird thing to say like you're on a comedy podcast yeah i've only ever had i think about one or two people in all the years i've been doing podcasting and stuff like that be like hey can you take that section out i'm like really i thought we were riffing and yeah yeah, like, yeah we yeah. were but i don't like it i'm like oh, okay i've i've rarely ever edit my podcast ever so if somebody comes on and like hey i'm like it's probably gonna go in, bro. <laughs> you took the risk when you came on, dude. You're like, it's already exporting right now. It's yeah. uploading. Like, I'm not gonna put. Like, obviously, I have a certain amount of sensibility. Like, if somebody, yeah. if they, if they say a joke that I feel that's gonna be misinterpreted, I'll do it for them. I'll yeah, take for it them. Out. You're gonna be like, that's not even worth the trouble. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'll take you're it. You're out. looking out for them in that way. Like, I had a buddy of mine who was a musician came on the podcast, and he did this whole 20 minute session about how he hates how his fans behave and act. And I'm like, we gotta take that part out. Of course. He's gonna you know? come off like the biggest dick ever. Exactly. So he met, he goes, oh, I thought that was good conversation. I was like, it wasn't. I was like, number one, I can make fun of people because this is my brand. This is who I am. Right. You're a musician. Yeah. There was nothing funny about that. That's when the musician uh, that happens a lot. And I mean, I'm a com comedian who does music, so musicians might be like, oh, you're doing the same thing <laughs> with music. So, uh, but there it'll be the case where I'll see some comics um, that will be on stage as a musician with a comedian. And they think that they can extend as far as mm -hmm. that person. Perfect example. And John Mayer is actually surprisingly funny for yeah. like he, he doesn't claim to be a comedian, but he goes up with Dave Chappelle. And when he goes up with Dave Chappelle, like there's bound to be misses. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Chappelle and Mayer is trying to, you know, spar mm. up there a little bit. So like you'll see that. And, and then sometimes you'll see the reach where you're like, Oh, you can be like, you can, you can see him be like, oh, I maybe shouldn't have said that. Like, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's kind of the beauty of and like improv and live entertainment. Also too, Chappelle says stuff that most comics can't say because it is Chappelle. He's graduated to another level. Yeah. Like people, yeah. he always gets the benefit of the doubt card because he worked towards that. Like yes. most people won't get that. Like, I wish I could say half the stuff that he could say, but it won't be funny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, different. you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh. I'm like, oh God, I, I'm not going to even stand by this. No, <laughs> I know that, that's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to do the Instagram apology on the notes. Yeah. <laughs> <that> just do. <laughs> oh my God. I fucking hate those apologies. The fucking most. Like I, I've, I've, I've learned didn't to be you make better. A, didn't you make a video recently that I'm sorry? <laughs> Dude. Dude, that made me laugh real hard. I can't. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? You know what? The funny thing is like there was a handful of people who were like, you know what? I'll take this apology. I'm like, it's not an apology. I'm making fun of the people <laughs> making apologies. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? Don't you love it when you like throw a joke out there and then like it doesn't even hit the dartboard that you thought it was <laughs> no. going to? You're like, no, you're, people are like, 
you know, I'm really glad that, that Dave is really like changing. Dude. He's like, he's turning a leaf. He's like, dude, I'm not, I did nothing wrong. I'm making fun of. Yeah. I got so mad. Somebody wrote like, this shows real growth. And I blocked him. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck you, bitch. Nobody's grown around here. <laughs> no, I'm still immature, bitch. Yeah. Adios. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. And I, I guess it just went right over people's heads. I'm like, yeah. I, I guess, you know, but I don't know why they want like i guess yeah, apologies are fine like i'm not gonna knock it but you know i think when a comic makes a joke and it's a clear joke that was a miss just fucking live and die by it and if it was incredibly tasteless then maybe you should apologize like sure. but you don't have to grovel though like the groveling thing it's like oh, it's it's a bit much because sometimes i get scared where well then you are giving the control over to the audience at that point it's it's kind of the thing where when you're doing stand-up if the audience senses that you think that the joke that you made was in poor taste, they're looking they're looking for your weakness now. They, yeah. Now they're looking to be like, oh, is he going to apologize? Or is he going to double down and stand by it? 99.9% .9 of the time, the funnier move is to double down and own it. Yeah. And we're not talking about like Kramer situations. No, right? no, 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 no. We're not, no. not, not going to categorize us no, in that. No, no, no. You know, but if it, it was like a joke that didn't go over well, then... It is what it is. Yeah. And they'll take it out of their set and they're they're kind of working it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it gets kind of sometimes when I go to like stand up comedy clubs, because I'm there to just laugh my ass off. And I sometimes I see like uh, like a young comic and you could tell they're teetering the SJW line too much. It's like you're not even saying anything, dude. Just get off stage. Like, what's the what's the point? of That this? happens a lot. Like um, when hipsters uh, do comedy. <laughs> It happens dude, a lot. Yeah. It's like, it's literally like, you haven't said a joke. What are you? You're, yeah. just, you're talking literally just pop culture references and you're talking current political statements. Mm -hmm. There's no punchlines. You're just being like, what about this? And like, yeah, what about it? What? So, so you've noticed that too, right? Oh, dude, it's, it's a trend. It's a there's, trend. There's no sure. punchline. There's no punchline at all. Like, you're, you're, like I saw it. So, like I've been, you know, when you go to comic, this was, you know, pre-pandemic, but I was like, I've watched four people go up and they didn't make a single joke. Like, yeah. how come there's no, are punchlines dated or like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what did I just watch? It's a newer age hipster thing. That's what it is. It's so weird. Like, yeah. and, it's very bizarre. And then people are kind of like <clears throat> pity laughing here and there and they walk off and they look like they just killed their set. But, you know, as an audience member, we're, me and my buddies are looking around like, what the fuck did we just watch? Yeah. <laughs> like, what oh, was yeah. it? It happens a lot. Like, so, I always label myself, you know, people sometimes will label themselves a club comic or like an alt comic. Mm. And I usually label myself an alt club comic because for the clubs, I'm the the weirdest guy you're going to see. <laughs> like I am hands down one of the weirdest people you're going to see at the club and I do alty things. But if you're too alty, that's when it gets into the area where you're like not really saying the punchlines and I would go do those rooms and I would get nothing because they're like, A, this guy's trying too hard. It's like, yeah, I'm trying because <laughs> I'm performing for you. Yeah. I'm literally giving you a show right now. And B, I would do punchlines and I'd be like, huh? And yeah. they'd be like, no, I, no, man. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is this is what stand-up is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed that a lot over the do, years. Do you feel like in terms of like... Um, like stand, I'm all, I always like was curious about this, especially because you're a comic. Like, do you stick to what you do in terms of your style, or do you adjust to your crowd? 
because I always felt like when I when I first started doing stand up, I I always felt like I always had to adjust to the crowd, and after a while, it started eating away at me. Sure, you know, because um, I because I'm I'm starting to see the other way where people just stick to who they are, and if they bomb, they bomb. Yeah, you know, I see that with um, some of literally the biggest and best comics in the world who they will do them a thousand percent, and if they don't have a good set, they're like, meh, whatever. Mm -hmm. they're not phased by it me i'm somewhere kind of in the middle where i'm always i stay like um this true to myself who i am but i definitely adjust my energy level yeah 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 because it doesn't make sense sometimes like if i'm on the road and i didn't sell out a show Mm -hmm. and there's 30 people in a room that seats 400 people it doesn't make sense for me to do this exact same energy as ah, like coming out as crazy. Like I can maybe start there to make Got a you. joke out of it. But after a while, people are looking around like, dude, why is he talking past us? And when we're only right here, why is he not connecting with us? That, so that's, that's how I adjust just with the energy is like all, all adjusted according to maybe the size of the audience. Or if they're really digging certain material, I very much free flow from one bit to the next where I'm like, oh, they like that? Okay, let me move this order around in my head. Let's go in this direction for a while. Yeah, because I, I, I think I started looking back because I have like these old video clips of when I did stand-up. When like was the last ago. time you did stand-up? Three years ago. It's been a long time, man. Okay. It's been a hot second. Yeah, yeah. Pa- I didn't do it for do you a have year. The, do you have the itch? A little bit, but I'm I'm actually, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest, I'm fucking scared shitless. It's been three years. Well, yeah, three years is <laughs> it's you know, a long fucking time, man. Three, three, yeah, because yeah. you're writing these jokes, and even yesterday, I was like, okay, I'm, a, I'm gonna get back into it, and I started like kind of practicing the set, and I'm like, this is the most unfunniest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I was like, I started booing like, myself. Yeah, yeah, you're like, why am I doing this <laughs> while I'm delivering the jokes in the mirror? And I'm so scared of doing what I used to do when I was younger, where. Um, you kind of just get louder and more obnoxious because you're trying to squeeze a laugh out of somebody. You're reaching. Yeah. You're reaching to to hit that, like that, to get that laugh a little bit more. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was writing my jokes, I was like, oh, I I lost my voice. I don't know what my voice is anymore Mm -hmm. because it's been so fucking long. Yeah. You know? And so now I'm like, okay, I just got to go out and bomb 30 times (laughs) and just see what happens again. It's frightening though, man. Like it's such a scary thing. I, I don't think I, um, I felt this way since I first started stand-up when I was like 16. Where you get those kind of, that kind of butterfly feeling. Yeah, like yeah. when the stomach starts to hurt, I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm back here again, you know? Yeah, I haven't felt that in a long time, but it used to be around a lot. And it sucks. Of course it does. <laughs> of course. I still remember the last time I felt that was when I first moved to L.A. Uh, 10 years ago. And then because I was... Um, I just decided to do stand-up full, and I was doing YouTube full-time, and at mm-hmm. the time, YouTube didn't make money, so I had to do stand-up, so just so I could make whatever cash or whatever, and then sure. work a part-time job. So I was I was doing that, and then <laughs> I thought, I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, I haven't done it in a year. It would be like riding a bike. I go up on stage, and then my stomach started hurting. Like, it felt like somebody grabbed my intestines and was yanking at just it. Just pulling. Yeah, and that set is still up there because it was, it was at the Ice House. Yeah. It was the worst set I've ever done in my fucking life. And it was terrible. So and you, they kept it on their channel or whatever? Yes, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Did you ask them to take it down at any No, nah, they could leave it up, whatever. It was like, good. it's history at this point. <laughs> it wasn't that good. But, like, I could, when in the clip, you could see me grabbing at my stomach because it was hurting. Physically. So bad. You. And yeah. I kept rushing through all my jokes because I was about to throw up. 
<laughs> you're like hoping that the rushing will keep like the throw up down exactly i was yeah. like just just get through the joke get through the joke get through yeah. the joke and then i just remember it was the worst experience of my fucking life and i had to go home and i screamed into my pillow like you fucking fat it's <laughs> like why didn't you prepare a better set you know and i just like oh god i still remember that feeling i was like you could have just prepared a little bit but you walked in a little cocky you're like yeah. oh you this I is got what you this. do You've been doing this since you were 16 this is me yeah and then yeah. i go up forgot everything all disappeared fucking gut was hurting and i'm like what the fuck is going on did you now did you try to do crowd work or anything to to stall or that's all I had because I didn't my set was gone so all yeah. I had to do was fucking crowd work and yeah. then it slowly start the jokes started coming back but all the jokes were disjointed now none of them connected right and it was the worst experience of my life and I'm like you don't deserve to live you fucking ugly gooky fuck like I started just fucking yelling at myself in the mirror I was so pissed I've had a lot of those moments man where I'm just like why did you do this my first audition was like that in LA where I what was what was it for, bro? Let me tell you this. This is the worst fucking. <laughs> I hate this story so much. But like, I'm so fucking dumb that I decided I wanted to audition. And you know when YouTube allowed like agents to pick me up or whatever, whatnot. So I get my first audition for some fucking reason. I I'm thinking that every audition that I get is for a comedy role. So I get this. It was like for NCIS. And for some reason, I read it as a comedic role. Right. But I'm literally like a forensic New scientist. In season. <laughs> I'm literally like a forensic scientist, and I'm examining a dead body. But for some fucking reason, I read it as in a comedic tone. I go to this audition, right? And I'm just like, well, a dead body. <laughs> and I'm doing this, and then the person looks at me, and she goes, that is a very interesting take. <laughs> and I'm like, what, do, what does she mean? Yeah. And I'm looking down, and I had a snap moment in the audition. I'm like... You're a forensic scientist. This is a dead body and this is a murder scene. What the fuck did you just do? And my fucking face just went flush. And they're like, can we try it a little more serious? And I was like, gotcha. <laughs> and I did it. I went back into my car. I, I re reclined my seat all the way back and I went, fucking. <laughs> I was so fucking mortified. It sounds like you're hard on yourself sometimes. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I drove it off into a bridge and I somehow survived. <laughs> Fuck, man. But that's the that's the stuff that you kind of have to go through, though. Like yeah. the embarrassment and the uh, the trials and tribulations. And I did that four more times and I never did it again. So I wish I could find it's probably on some hard drive or something somewhere. I don't know. I, I my first headshot that I was using in L.A., I mean, oh, <laughs> just, this is what I was doing. I was typing up my, my, I typed up an acting resume that was like, that looked like a job resume. Cause that's all I knew. I love it. And in the corner, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have this all fancy in the corner. This is all in a word doc that I put this in. And in the corner is a, a picture that. My sister-in-law's mom took of me in their backyard in Kansas with me in a dress shirt kneeling behind flowers. <laughs> and I'm thinking I look GQ good. You need to find this photo so bad. I got to find this photo. It's so rough, dude. It's literally just like, oh, this is what he thought was going to book him stuff? 
it's so embarrassing like to think of the photo because it's so it's so far it's literally a casting director would look at it and be like this person has no knowledge of what everything is out here and and i was auditioning like through craigslist and stuff like that when i first moved out here well you know what sometimes the funny thing is like sometimes that works for you because when I, it's like, not my story, but <laughs> I had, um, when there's I, one Ashton Kutcher who gets like discovered, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, like at a mall or something like that. And then like all the ugly people are like, that, that one guy, he, he got discovered in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can happen for any of us, right? Yeah. I'm not that guy. I, I, so I, I did this, um, the Sundance film, yeah. right? And I, I didn't have much aspirations to be an actor. I just did it in spite of the fact that people told me I couldn't act. And I was like, I could fucking act. I'll show you. You know, and yeah. so, you know, my buddy Justin Chan, he decided to do a film with me and that we got into Sundance. And then after that, I had a bunch of just people knocking at my door. So I didn't expect to garner that. I didn't expect to go to Sundance. I didn't expect any of this shit. You know, I was just like, I just want to do this film to show people I could fucking act. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it opened up a lot of doors. Uh, and I had general meetings with every casting director in LA. I don't know what general meetings are. Right. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know any of this Hollywood shit because yeah. I just kind of stayed in my own realm. I did stand up and I did YouTube. Of course. That's it. No, there was no breakdown of how you're supposed to behave, how you're supposed to dress. So when you do a general meeting, they're, you're basically getting assessed if they want to call you in for auditions based on what you look like, your vibe or whatever. So people will dress like casual, but they'll dress up looking nice. I showed up like this, but with a tank top and then <laughs> flip flops, socks, just to show you guys real quick. And I walk in. I don't know what's, I, I did like 10 general meetings like this. And then um, I met one of these casting directors and they called me in for a lot of auditions. And they're like, you know, you had such a unique approach to your, uh, to your general meeting that, you know, we just really fell in love with you. I was like, I don't get what you're saying. Like, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, yeah you showed up in flip flops and socks and a shirt. And I'm like, you said it was casual. They're like, yeah, we said casual, but what the hell is that? <laughs> your casual is a little bit lower scale than what we consider casual. Oh, yeah. I was mad casual. And I had an assistant at the time and I would bring her with me and I would be like, hey, can she sit in this meeting? Because she wants to be a casting director. So she would like to meet you guys too. So I'm just using it as my opportunity to boost my, my fucking assistant, you know, and I'm just sitting here just asking them about their job. And she goes, I've never had somebody sit there and interview me the other way around because I didn't know what general meetings of were. Of course. But I mean... I had I've only had a couple of general meetings and I look back at them and I'm like frick I could have done a lot of stuff there really. <laughs> yeah. I mean I was like I was definitely too roasty with one like, mm. with with a couple of the casting directors at one place where I was like uh they're not comics. <laughs> yeah, and they just cried. Uh, probably they're they're like uh they're like oh so you're from Kansas ever seen a tornado <laughs> like stuff like that I'm yeah. like no like I started like like making fun of them I'm like yeah oh, I'm like have you been in an earthquake out here in California I just doing stuff like that yeah. and they're like um. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. how come they won't call me back? Yeah, that's so weird. Have, have you ever like had those weird, really weird and awkward uh, show pitch idea meetings? Yeah, man, yeah. I have. I remember this very specific one because I wanted to pitch this idea, and this was the worst time I could have pitched this idea because this is when North Korea was hacking into everybody's shit, and I wanted to do. I had this character called Kim Jong Ila. He's a North Korean defector that's coming to the United States that wants to know what it's like to be a normal person. But he has, because he's a North Korean dictator, everything is done for him. So 
I try to humanize this guy by putting him in real life humans, but he learns to be a human by doing fucked up things. So the first episode that I pitched was Kim Jong Il becomes a, a, a sexual assault defense instructor, right? But he's teaching men how to defend themselves against women who've taken self-defense classes. So, and I'm describing this whole episode and I just remember I'm dying laughing telling this idea because the first episode is literally, so it's kind of like Borat, right? half actors, half real. Yeah. And so the, the other people who don't know what's going on, he comes in, <laughs> this North Korean dictator is sitting there and he's sitting there and he's instructing these women who, who don't know what the fuck is going on, but literally it's like an anti-rape kit belt where there's like a plier that crushes the rape whistle. There's like a little bottle of milk that you could put in your eyes for when you get pepper sprayed. It's like, and the sign says, remember, like no means sometimes. And then it's like all this like really fucked up shit. And I'm dying laughing and literally 80% of the room is mortified. Just silence. Silence. But they can't believe you're even saying this stuff out loud. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other 20% just happen to be some of their writers and they're dying laughing of course the writers are like this is insane <laughs> yeah and they're like hey can we work on this project and they're like, we're not picking up this project <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. the writers are like i'm ready to start working immediately yeah because i assume that i'm just supposed to go balls to the wall and then you know they'll cut out 50 yeah, percent really back it. in yeah yeah but they they didn't like it <laughs> no <laughs> yeah they were like the uh the the and the funny thing was i was trying to explain to them it's like it's it's funny because he's going to learn at the end how wrong this is. And in fact, all the women are going to beat his ass. And then he's going to be like, I never knew. This is when a woman says a no means a no. It's a truth. Like, I was like going to find out. But they didn't They didn't go to that pitch part. They just kind of cut it right there. Yeah, they're like, no, you're like, no, there's a more, more you know segment coming. <laughs> Wait for the rainbow. <laughs> for it. Yeah. yeah. It really packages the whole deal together. And it didn't happen. But yeah. I've had a lot of those weird moments. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's the only really, uh, some people get lucky and they just knock it out of the park, but I feel like that's the only way you really learn and, and figure things out is just like by messing up a bunch. Well, that's the, the cool thing about YouTube is now if you have an idea and a small budget and a good amount of friends, you could create your own little short and show a proof of concept so fucking fast. Oh now. yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, so different. It's, it's so different now. Uh, the red tape is not as existent as it was, but I mean, there still is a lot, but before, like if you can show proof of concept on YouTube, let's say this shit gets like, I don't know, like a hundred thousand views every time. Well, that's a guaranteed audience. Yeah. Like, why don't you back this instead of some random fucking idea that comes up on a script? Yeah. This is already proven. Yep. You know, and I, I, I love that idea. And they originally were interested in the Kim Jong-il character because of that, but they just didn't know how far I wanted to take it. Right. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Right, this is a little much. A little, a little bit. I much. thought it was fine. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, I know that you have a great singing voice, and I want to utilize it in this episode. <laughs> uh, I know you're a huge R and B guy. You love R and B. Yes, I do. Uh, see, even his voice changed a little bit. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby girl. Yeah, baby girl. You know I'll be loving my R and B. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is, motherfucker. Yeah, you know what it is. Okay. <laughs> Let's get it. It's like, why did my voice change suddenly? It's like, David likes R&B. Yeah, baby. Well, you know what yeah. it is. What good, baby? Oh, hell yeah. You know what it is, baby girl. <laughs> we gonna do things a little bit different tonight. <laughs> you gonna fuck me against the wall. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Yo, go go get the strap on, girl. It's like a, it's a progressive R&B yeah. guy like, like in the current days now. Hey, girl. You about to peg my ass. <laughs> I'm trying to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> 
that shit's going all fucking this way now. It's like, like I feel like like the board of people who were like listening to your Kim Jong Il pitch are in the room now, and they're like, okay, well, it's like we uh, like the conversation earlier in the podcast, but we don't know about these riffs. It's like we uh, we made a good choice not picking his shit up. <laughs> yeah. He's actually a lot weirder than we thought he was. Uh, so I have an idea um, that I think I think you'll dig this idea. I have a theory, and I think it's a, a pretty easy theory, that boys to men, um, with the way that they sing, they can make any lyric sexy. Easy shit. Easy, right? Mm-hmm. So I figured that we could pair them up with um, a song that's not necessarily a romantic song and uh, spice it up. Let me violate you. <laughs> Do you know what song that is? Let me desecrate you. Let me penetrate you. You let me complicate you. Which song is this? This is Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I ain't seen you a hot second, baby. Yeah, you looking scrumptiddlyumptious. I ain't seen a fat ass that big in my life. Two peaches, my dick right in the middle. We gonna spread that shit like peanut butter, baby. What's good with you? <laughs> Rapper laugh. Hit that next one. <laughs> you let me desecrate you. You, you. You let me penetrate you. <laughs> you let me complicate you. Ooh, I like that. reason bitch help me it's your sex i can smell pussy help me you make me perfect Flawed. help me because somebody else yeah together i want 
walk you like an animal. statement every month. I don't blame you. But Upstart can help. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt online. Because I've had debt for years. And it's annoying. Credit cards are consolidating your debt. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. And guess what? It's just a five minute online rate check. You can get approved the same day you can receive the funds as fast as one business day. If, is, if debt is taken over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart, where you are more than your credit score. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Jeremiah. That's upstart.com slash Jeremiah. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know I sent you. Gotta throw in this disclaimer. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit card income and certain other information provided in your loan application. And now go to upstart.com slash Jeremiah. Are you guys enjoying this episode with David So? I know I am. If you would, come see me on tour. I promise I won't have this piano. I'll be in Indiana, Indiana, Fort Wayne, and Indianapolis, Indiana. August 27th through 28th, Addison, Texas, September 10th through 12th, Las Vegas, September 17th through 18th, Austin, Texas, September 22 through 25th, and Kansas City, September 30th through October 2nd, Huntington Beach, October 9th, and Houston, Texas, November 4th through 6th. You can get tickets at jeremiahwatkins.com. While you're there, check out the new Scissor Bros merch that just dropped. I love all y'all. And now let's get back into this episode with my pal. David So. <laughs> 
Bless up, blood. Bless up, blood. Bless up. <laughs> that shit was fire. Yo, that went hard. That went real hard. The R and B uh, sexual offender voice. Yeah, <laughs> always exactly. works. Yeah, yeah. The most forceful R and B ever. This is what I'm gonna do to you. <laughs> Rather than like the proposal normal R and B, it's like, no, this how it's going down. Yeah. I'm gonna spread your ass cheeks like peanut butter, bitch. <laughs> oh, the sound effects is perfect. It's great. <laughs> It was very unnecessary. Very unnecessary. Yeah. I appreciate it. But also it. needed. Of course. R&B. Always. That's what I love about R&B, man. Like the OG early 90s R&B is like 50% dudes just talking to the mic. Oh, dude. that It's so great. Yeah. Hey, I've been thinking about some things. Some things have been on my mind lately. And it's just like this monologue of them just telling the woman how they feel yep and then it goes back into the runs and the back into the beautiful choruses and stuff it's amazing it wasn't you know like early music it was it was a lot more direct the lyrics were more direct and forward there wasn't a lot of like trying to figure out what the fuck they're saying perfect example jagged edge meet me at the altar and your white dress mm -hmm. we ain't getting no younger so let's do this let's get married yep you can't get more direct than that in a song. They're not alluding to, hey, like, mm -hmm. I've always had a crush on you. Like, they're not painting. It's like, hey, we are old. We need to seal <laughs> this up. You're looking not as good as you used to. And I, <laughs> I'm getting fatter. I'm losing hair. Like, there's all this stuff that's going on. You look busted. <laughs> right. You used to be fine as you fuck. You broke now. <laughs> yep. That's all. That's at, when I get married, for sure, that's going to be a part of the playlist. Oh, dude. It's such a good song. Let me ask you something. Okay. Is it still okay now to use R. Kelly in your in your wedding music or not? Which song? <laughs> Ignition. I think that's going to be bumping on the dance floor. <laughs> I mean, it's got to. I think, I mean. He's in jail now, right? Uh, he might be. I think he's in jail. I think we could use it. Probably. Because now that he's not free, we could play the music. Yeah, right? Yeah. The, thing, the whole thing about the the Cosby thing for me is like when he was in prison, why not roll his stuff? <laughs> why not let the, the other cast get their money and get their residuals and stuff you like know, that from the show? I, I actually thought about this, right? Because the show is called The Cosby Show, but he's yeah. playing Heathcliff Huxtable. He's playing a character. And actually that show molded a huge part of my life. Dude, a lot of people's lives. I love. He was an idol to so many people. Yeah, and and, also, and he showed America to the dumb people who had racist mm -hmm. ideologies and beliefs that black people can be well spoken. There can be multiple doctors in a family, and they can raise good children and stuff like that. It literally changed the perception of people who maybe had no friends or relationships with black people. A hundred percent. And actually, like Felicia Rashad, the, the woman that she was playing on that, she was my ideal woman that I always wanted to be with. Someone who who was a partner in her law firm, yep. killed it at home, did everything, and she didn't take shit from fucking anybody. Yeah. So when I see that show and they took that show down, I was like, yeah, that's Bill Cosby's face, but he was playing Heathcliff Huxtable, and that show had a positive uh, effect on my life. Yeah. Like it literally molded the type of, 
woman uh, that I wanted to be with. It uh-huh. molded like uh, the the type of family I wanted to grow up and kind of how real and honest I wanted to be. Because people forget the very first episode, it was such a detachment from the traditional family sitcom. Theo comes in, he's sitting in his room and he just goes, dad, I just want you to love me for who I am. And then he puts his hands on his son's shoulder. He goes, Theo, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really broke up like what the idea of like the nuclear family is. Right. It's like, yo, this is some real shit. This is real stuff right now. Yeah. And I, I, I always like, you can't, why'd you take the show away? It's so good. It's such a good show. I know he like, you know, drugged up like 76 women, but that's, that's Bill Cosby. This is Heathcliff Huxtable. All right. Underneath that table is two tickets to see Bill Cosby. <laughs> We're going. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Do you think anybody's going to put him on anything now? Absolutely. That's the, the, the mess up thing. For sure. <laughs> okay, really? Oh, no, no. I think he will get a small run of comedy clubs without a doubt. Without a doubt. If he wants, if he keeps hinting that he's going to do it, if he wants to go out and tour a little bit, people cannot turn away the money at the clubs. They'll catch mm. heat. But it's a money thing at the end of the day. The clubs are going to put him up. If they're putting up like some people who don't even have a stand-up act at all, they're mm. going to put up a guy who's considered a legend in the stand-up community who you know did a lot of stuff, but they're going to they're going to see it as more of a circus attraction. They're going to be like I've why heard not? I've heard so many Cosby horror stories. Like it's kind of nuts. There was like one where I heard where he had a he would make his security guard watch him go to sleep because I don't fucking know. But he would lay in bed and like be snacking on shit and he would make the security. It wasn't like the security, like his personal one. It would be like the one at the hotel saying, hey, like you got to sit here and watch me go to sleep. What a power move. He would always do weird power moves on people like that. so bizarre. Because they, there was like a conversation where like 80s comics were gods because wherever they went, that's where the money would go. Yeah. So nope, and there was no social media, there was no Twitter, there was no YouTube, there was none of this. Fame was a very like that. That's the thing that's weird about the quote unquote fame that people have. You can have a couple million followers on social media, but not be recognizable in any city in America. Yeah, but those guys, no social media, but everywhere you go you are known you are a face that has been seen on people's tv sets around the house there's less channels and everything yeah i think that's like the the real guide to like what what your fame level is right because you could have a million followers on youtube it doesn't really mean shit like well it means shit to me personally right because of my relationship with like fans if i have a million followers but like you'll see people who have who have fame fame where no matter where they go where it's like in france where it's it could be in egypt whatever they know their name it's like who doesn't know who michael jackson is who doesn't know who michael jordan is yeah like those people have reached like a certain pinnacle of success in their careers yeah there's a uh, there's a handful of comics who i know personally who have that old school fame mm. and one of them is Polly shore oh yes for sure he has that old school fame where wherever he goes People know right away. It's a just a different kind of thing. Yeah, his social media might not be, he might not have a million subscribers on his YouTube, but he's so freaking recognizable, it's insane. You know what's, what was actually really surprising to me uh, during pandemic, uh, I think Chappelle's special dropped during pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching it and I love Dave Chappelle, right? Whatever he drops, I'm watching it. I fucking love it. And then my fiance looks over at me, she goes, who's Dave Chappell? 
we are now separated. <laughs> she said, I was like, excuse me? Dave Chappell? She goes, who's Dave Chappell? I was like, what did you, what do you mean? She goes, I don't know who Dave Chappell is. I'm like, who's Michael Jordan? Do you know who Michael Jordan is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had no idea who Dave Chappelle was. How did that slip past her radar? I have no, she's odd. Like I call her like my, like, like my sitcom wife. Cause yeah, she yeah. does really weird sitcom shit. Where you're like, is this for the studio audience? <laughs> yeah. like, who I'm is waiting for the laugh track. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. what did you yeah, just you, say? Yeah, you're the clueless husband that's just like, like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she literally says stuff like that. And I'm like, this is why I keep her around. She she surprises me every fucking day with some there you shit. Go. She's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I'm in a surprise. Yep. Dave Chappell. Never in my life. I never thought anybody would say that. Who's Dave Chappell? Why does, why does everybody love him is what she said. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> That's amazing. Does, 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 does your wife have like a really great sense of humor too? She does. Yeah, yeah. That works. It's, it's awesome, right? You could just... It's, it's so fun. How she, great is that? She makes me laugh. Uh, I mean, and that's, I mean, you know, I'm a a comic who sees every stand-up go up at the, at the comedy store and everywhere. So like, I would like to think of myself as not jaded, but like you still get a little bit jaded on jokes, no matter what, just the, how long you're in it. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know that, you know, I know where this is going. It's that element of surprise yeah. where my wife will hit me with something where I'm like, well, how did you, what, where did that come from? Yeah. It's the best. That's what, you know, that was the interesting thing too. I think when, um, like taking a break and then going back into just being an audience member, it was so much more fun. That's why I, yeah. I, I got to laugh my fucking ass off. Really release and not analyze and critique and like be too like in your head about like, oh, I see what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like I just like I've learned now to just shut that shit off. It's like, it, yeah. you know, when you go watch movies, I'm not trying to critique the fucking film. I'm trying to see if I just enjoy it. Right. Maybe I'll critique it the second time I watch it. But now, like at a certain point, if I went up, uh, I whoever went up, I went out to watch them because I was like, I want to enjoy this fucking show. Why the fuck do I have to sit there and analyze what the fuck they're doing? Yeah. And, you know, some of the friends would come up and say, what can I do better? I was like, I don't know, bro. I was laughing. So I, I didn't make any notes. Right. right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm just here to enjoy the show, too. Yeah. So it, it would always make me enjoy the process better because I got scared of getting jaded, like trying to overanalyze comedy. Like, yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't want to get there. Yeah. It takes the fun out of it. Yeah. And I, I, I always wanted to go back to that point of like. I just want to enjoy the fucking show, man. Yep. Like all these guys, all my friends are fucking funny. I should be laughing too with the crowd. Like I shouldn't be sitting here and just fucking, let me, let me, you could have said this a little better. Yeah. I'm like, I, I got a tag for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't do that shit anymore. It's exhausting for me. I'm yeah. like, I just want to laugh now. That's good. Know? I mean, I think the, I think that the country is there with you right now. <laughs> I think everybody's like, I just want to laugh. Like this year has been insane. Like I just, there's been a new appreciation going back to the clubs uh, that people have had since the pandemic ended, hopefully ended. It keeps doing this weird thing right now. But um, there's a different appreciation level and more of like an excitement and electricity behind some of the audience members who are attending. So that's been fun to perform yeah, for. People kind of take for granted that ability that comics have to make anything funny. And when, you, when you're away from it for so long, there's like... Like I just well, you stuck with the same person for a year. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. The I, the most time I've ever spent with my fiance was during pandemic. Same here. I was on the road all the time. Yes. So I had to re, not relearn things with my wife, but there were certain things that I realized. I was like, oh, I think I'm annoying in this way <laughs> yeah. because I'm usually gone. 
I'm, you, you know what I mean? There's less of me at home. So I'm like, oh, I think I'm being annoying right now, actually. I need to work on that. We, we got to like really, really know each other. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I was like, but how solid are you guys now? Oh, I mean, it, it was bad at first and then we fixed it. And now mm -hmm. we're the strongest exactly. we've ever been. Exactly. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I know you better now than I've known you for the past seven years. We were not ready. I was literally not mentally ready to have a child until the pandemic hit and we really like had time to ourselves and stuff like that and she got pregnant and during that time had i been busy on the road i probably would not have mentally prepared mm. myself for fatherhood if i was staying busy with road stuff and different stuff like that but like it really forced me to be like you need to figure out why you're so scared of this thing it's happening. So like you, you need to figure out and I had to assess and like work on myself during the pandemic to try to figure out like, why is this bugging me? So, you know, and it, and it, it went back to like personal issues from, you know, insecurities and childhood and stuff like mm -hmm. that, that I don't, that I don't like talking about. I don't, I, I'm, you know, I, I keep my, my walls up from like, uh, trying to talk from like personal family stuff on, on certain things, but I reveal sometimes too much on podcasts because that's the nature of the game. Yep. Every once in a while you get in the moment and then you're like, I've never said that to anybody. Why did I just say that on a podcast? <laughs> I've never said that out loud. Yeah. But that was the dope thing about pandemic. And I always say, I've, I've said this so many times is like, it really put a mirror in everybody's face. You have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. you're, you're faced with all those thoughts that you chose to ignore because you could drink with your friends, hang out and just go out and do your own bullshit. Yep. Well, guess what? Now you're sitting in a room, you're by yourself. Now you have to think there's a lot of shit I don't like about myself. You know, it's like, it's like, um, if, if you were a big Snapchat user or something and you loved all the filters that you used all the time. And then Man, yeah. there was a malfunction where all the filters got taken away. And then you're just looking at yourself now. And you're like, but I, I'm so used to <laughs> yeah. hiding behind all these other things. A hundred percent. But now now I got to look at this and now I got to I gotta figure this out. Now I got to figure out, oh, I have to like myself. Yeah. I, <laughs> that was the hard part too. Like I, it, like like on, on a personal note with like the relationship stuff, yeah. there was a point where uh, my fiance looked at me and she goes, you don't say I love you as much as you used to. I was like, what do you mean, bitch? I always say I love you. <laughs> like, <am> I, <laughs> yeah, bitch, I always say I love hey, you. Hey, girl, come on, baby girl, don't bring her that. <laughs> you know what it is, peanut butter booty cheeks. Come on. <laughs> she, you know what this means. <laughs> come on, girl. But you about to get it right now. And it ain't even your birthday, baby girl. <laughs> It's just an obscure holiday, but she uh, she was like, "You don't really say I love you anymore," and I'm like, "I'm still thinking of an R&BR." Hey, girl, it's Columbus Day. <laughs> it's like, hey, no, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. <laughs> nah, it's Columbus Day observed. Oh, okay, I see where you at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Discontinued holidays. Yeah. Hey, I'm about to break you off. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking Kwanzaa, baby. It's a made-up holiday. It ain't even real. Made by a college professor. <laughs> but yeah, what the fuck was I talking about? You were talking about your relationship with your oh, girl. Yeah, yeah. So she uh, she mentioned that I don't say I love you anymore to her. And, and that, then, that's that's a that's a bold statement. Yeah, and I was like, what do you mean? And I found out, you know, I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, oh, I know why I don't say I love you. And I never thought about it. Because when we first started going out, I would say I love you all the time and she didn't feel comfortable saying I love you to me till like after three or four years. So I got jaded. 
So it was one way all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got used to not saying it anymore because I knew I wasn't going to get it back. But when she finally had the, the courage to say it, I didn't feel like I wanted to say it anymore because I was so scared of getting burned of saying it and not getting it back. Yeah. So it ended up her saying I love you and me not saying it as much. So now we're working on me reintroducing that back without the fear of not receiving it back. Yeah. I mean, being intimate in different ways, like uh, my, my wife talks about love language a lot yeah like uh and she talks about how her mom's love language is gifts Mm. that's how she shows you know what i mean her love language and my wife's is i think i'm i don't know if i'm a physical guy i guess i guess i'm like oh sex we in love perfect (laughs) that's most guys just touch me (laughs) just touch me okay Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> That's me, actually. I mean, yeah. She's like, "What do you need from me?" I was like, "Just put your hand on my knee, right? That's it. Just like a like a neck, shoulder, anything. Just, yeah. Just touch me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> please touch me. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sound so pathetic right I know, now. I know. Anything, please. Anything, please. But we have girlfriends and wives. Yeah. <laughs> We're in long term relationships. Uh, you baby. can't be a nerd if you're married, right? Baby, please just touch my knee, Cap. Come on. <laughs> this knee right here. It's feeling real bare and lonely, girl. <laughs> It wasn't popping as much today. <laughs> Dude, my knees pop. Yo, same here, man. Yeah. I play basketball all the time, so I have to pop my knees every day. Man, I, I stopped playing ball because of my knees. Yeah. And it's sad because, like, you try to cross somebody over and the ball moves, but then my body stays still. <laughs> and I'm like, where'd the ball go? But my, where my hands and my uh-huh. feet go? Yeah, I stopped playing ball because I, I actually fucked up my knees and my ankles from playing basketball so much. Yeah. Fractured both my ankles. Oh, two separate times. I hadn't played in a year. Uh, because of the pandemic time and uh Uh-oh. i felt like the oldest man ever and it really frustrated me because uh i almost threw my back out because <gasps> i wasn't doing this jumping motion for layups or rebounds or anything i literally did not do that exact motion for a year and that's different than any kind of push-up or yoga when you're stretching up and jumping and using that and dude a couple weeks in a row i was like I just, my back was so messed up. And luckily I'm like getting past it now. You know what the funny thing is? I already know big facts. Like if you grew up in my neighborhood, everybody would have just called you John Stockton. (laughs) That's like the first thing everybody calls a white dude that plays ball. Bro, do you know how many times the black people call me Larry Bird? (laughs) They always do that shit. They go, hey, Larry Bird, 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 Bird. And and then as I got older, hey, Dirk, (laughs) hey, Dirk Nowitzki, hey, hey, Dirk. Like anytime I play pickup or anything, because I had longer hair too. So like, and I was, I was good in the key and down low in the paint and stuff like that. So they'd be like, okay, lay bird out here. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is funny. You know what the funny thing is? Like most people would say, isn't that offensive? No, it feels good. No, no, no. It feels it's like the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's acceptance. Yeah. It's like, man, that's what black people do so well. They know how to bring you into their fucking community and make you feel like you're a part of it. That's like the best thing about the black community. It's like when they accept you, they fucking accept the oh, fuck dude. out of you. Man. That's why some of my favorite comedy shows I've ever done are considered like urban rooms. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you win a black crowd over. Game over. They appre- I've been, I, I got thrown money at. Like as soon as I started killing on stage, like mm. like people standing up, clapping, throwing money at me, like they are like 
they make you feel so good. It's yeah. amazing. That's it's that energy that's always like giving back. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's fucking dope. Like I <laughs> I just already know it's like uh, when you play pickup ball. There's always one motherfucker that looks like you. Of course. And then people always sleep on you. Yep. <laughs> and then they see you play, and the next game is like, we want Larry Bird. Yep. We'll take Bird. We'll, <laughs> we'll take Bird. We'll take Bird. We'll take Bird, man. <laughs> It's always like that shit. And I'm like, Larry Bird? And you're like, no, you look like a bird, man. <laughs> okay, okay. It's cool. like, oh, you like basketball? You like Larry Bird? Nah, bro, you look like a bird. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, cool. cool it's the cool. nose. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. I okay. get it. <laughs> right, right, right. Cool, cool. Like a beak. Like, right. No, 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 no. I, I got you, man. No, no, like a ha. <laughs> Keep going. And your feet. No. Yeah. <laughs> your feet. Don't get me started on the feet. Yeah, the you legs. Got talents. <laughs> it's like, hey, yo, my self-esteem, hey, guys. Man, uh, uh, this ball's a little wet from the tears. Have <laughs> <laughs> to wipe this off real quick. How long have you been playing ball for? Since I was a little kid. Damn. So you 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 play play. Uh, yeah, I never like got to a point where I was playing. I was playing like like intramurals like in college, but I never played like at college. And I played a little bit in high school, but I got cut like my junior year, and that's when I was like, I gotta get real funny. <laughs> this dream has died super fast for sure i started kansas basketball is huge in oh, kansas boy. so if you get cut in high school i had to reassess everything i really thought that i was gonna get a scholarship and i really thought because my grades were good enough i was like oh i'll kill it in basketball my grades are already good enough scholarship no problem boom 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 and then that happens you got to reassess everything damn what did that feel like though that shit must have crushed you a little bit, huh? Oh, yeah. It, it, you know what? It, it's the first thing that started developing my thick skin for comedy was that big, big rug pulled out from underneath you. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, because I can't imagine what that feels like. Because uh, the guy who cut me, the head coach, he was my anatomy and physiology teacher. I had to see this dude every day after he cut me. Every day I had to see the same guy who cut me. Which I thought about being a doctor as a kid, and it and it sucked that that want from me immediately. I was like, I never, no, I'm done. Like it literally, like I didn't want to do anything in the medical field after that. I was like, I'm done. I had to look at this guy every day who cut me, and I was like, this guy ruined my life. God damn, <laughs> that's a hard pill to swallow, man. Yeah, that's. He, do, cool. do you know what he told me? I'll never forget the words. He goes, "There's just some guys who are." younger than you that are better jesus dude can you this guy has literally no sensitive bone in his body yeah <laughs> why would he say that dude to you? i literally felt like a scorned woman in hollywood where i was like oh these young girls i'll show them <laughs> i'll show them <laughs> <laughs> the red lipstick in the mirror <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it just goes all, yeah, all the way. <laughs> Little horses. I'm tucking my dick between yeah. my legs. <laughs> Damn, this, this motherfucker is harsh. Yeah. He could have said, like, listen, you're not there yet, but if you work harder, you might be able to get there. He knew because it was my junior year. Yeah, it was just done. That huh? it was done. If you're not starting your junior year on varsity, he cut me from the JV team. Jesus you know what I mean? Yeah. I was playing, I was on the sophomore team. And then a lot of like the guys who were really good, you were already as a sophomore starting on JV. And then uh, as a junior, you were starting on varsity. Gotcha. That's yeah. how, that was like the trajectory of like the way their system worked. So yeah, 
that's right. I, I always wanted to play like football in, in uh, high school, but my mom wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you need to play basketball. And then I shattered my ankles because she thought it was a safer sport. I was like, basketball is not a safer sport. Your joints get eaten up like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going a thousand percent, then yeah. All the time. And it was like, you know, indoor courts are a little safer. A lot outdoor courts, your knees just get all of that shit. Yeah. I've been playing on outdoor courts. Uh, like we we play comedian uh, basketball on Saturdays and uh, yeah you definitely I was playing a guy who was big recently that I haven't played somebody who was like way taller than me and uh, he made me work like he's yeah. throwing bows and stuff and I was like man I haven't felt this oh in he's years. playing that fucking NBA Jam style yeah <laughs> he, he tried to dunk on the dude and I was like I'm like glad that wasn't me <laughs> I'm like bro you know we're comics here we just <laughs> I know. we just playing like I casually I. I one of the biggest reasons why I stopped playing ball was because of the anger and the competitiveness that would come out of people. And I'm just trying to have fun. Of course. And, you know, there's always that one dude. I always call him the coach. He's like, yo, man, let's pick it up. Let's go. Hey, get your man. Get your man. Stop cherry picking. Stop yeah. cherry picking. And he's the worst person on the court. Always. It's always the worst. The most vocal person. <laughs> yeah. And I used come to. Come on, guys. We got him. Come on. Let's, let's, let's get back. I got kicked out of my gym. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I can go there now, but it's a 24-hour in Sacramento because dudes would get a little fucking loud mouth and handsy. Mm-hmm. And so we were playing. And at this time, this was like the most fit I've ever been. And so it was fun to play ball. Like I could do everything that I wanted to do, but I always play for fun. I'm not going anywhere, but the, everybody, there's always a few assholes that play as if they're going to get into the NBA. They think that they're going to be scouted and picked up out of the blue. <laughs> like somebody's going to be driving by and like, oh, is somebody playing at the Y right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me check it out real quick. Like, Tell me when that has ever fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah. They know? watched the movie Moneyball. It's like, that could happen with base- basketball, right? <laughs> exactly. And so we're, we're literally playing ball. This dude gets all elbow like or whatever, and I'm a bigger guy at this point, and you know I was weight training a lot. You know how to you know how to throw your weight around exactly. Yeah, and I'm not doing it like crazy or whatever, but I'm posting him up and I'm putting it in. I'm not gonna fucking sacrifice my knees and do crazy shit. But dude gets a little mad, starts talking a little shit. I go up for a layup. He undercuts me and knocks me over in midair. I get up and I'm like, bro, the fuck are you doing? You know, and I just start roasting his ass. I'm just clowning on him the whole time because I'm like, whatever. I'm not gonna hit him or whatever. Yeah. And guy comes up, he gets in my face, he fucking shoves me, instantly socked him in the face, knocked the dude out. <laughs> I was banned from that 24 hour. And I now, was. Now, did you. Did it happen so fast where you saw red and you just knocked him? Yeah, well, he was yeah. already pissing me off for like two games. Yeah. And then to the point where he shoved me, and he already knocked me in midair. He could have fucking broke my shit. Dude, a midair push, I mean, you're taking your legs out from underneath you. Yeah, it's just like, and then the last straw was like, I'm not going to play basketball with people I don't know anymore because it just started scaring me. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, it gets to a place where, and this this dude who was way bigger than me, I never played with before. Of course. And he has something to prove. Mm-hmm. He kept going, big man game. I was like, you want to do this? Because I know, I know how to play big man game if yeah. you really want to. That's literally because I got used to playing with dudes who were huge. And I was always like a small forward who was playing as power forward. Mm-hmm. So like I, I had to learn how to box people out who were way bigger than me. And you know what sucks too? Because he looks at you once again. He goes, he's not going to stop me. <laughs> and it's he like, literally said after the game, he, he goes, he goes, you're way stronger than you look. <laughs> he, yeah, I was, I was like, I just, I'm like, I know how to position myself. Yeah, positioning is is just as important. I would just been like, yeah, because I'm better than you. Yeah, <laughs> and I would have just. Oh, I literally, I did, I hit a turnaround jumper in this dude's face for the win, and I am oh usually not a bad sport, but I go. <laughs> 
I went for it. And like the other comics were waiting and they're like, oh, like yeah. they're they doing that whole thing. And he left after that. <laughs> he left. No, that, how, how good Dude. did that feel? It took me, it took me back. It took me back. Like it took me back to like, like I felt like a little kid again. It's like, who, who got cut? Not me. Yeah, not, exactly. Not, not little Jeremiah. Not, not me. I'm going to be a doctor, mom. <laughs> You see your whole life change yeah, before your eyes. The alternate timeline. <laughs> but that's the feeling that when somebody talks shit and then you prove them wrong, it feels so it feels amazing. Fucking good. It is so good. It, so good. It's the best, especially in competitive sports, man. When somebody looks at you and they, they've already assessed what your value is, it's like, let's see what's well, up. Well, because it's all on face value. They're judging you 100% just on your looks and your body. In front. And it's just like, oh, okay. You know what the biggest surprise was for people? Because <clears throat> I used to go to UCR and people don't know, fucking Indian people love ball. And in the UCR, these guys would ball people up and they would always look at them face value and they would always have these little jokes, but they're getting balled the fuck up mm -hmm. like crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't judge people, man. This is a sport. <laughs> That's how it was uh, on a similar but different. There would be uh, these homeschooled kids that we'd play occasionally mm -hmm. and we're like who's this kid he's coming in from this random area these homeschooled oh, i bet he sucks they would own people because at home they have a condensed schedule so they're playing an extra hour or two a day compared to everybody else who we were going to school with so they're draining threes like crazy Jesus. because that's all they do in their driveway yeah that's literally all they do that's crazy. Like I've, I, I definitely figured out like the difference between like my, ba I mean, I suck at ball now. It's been years since I played because I just gave up on it. I started boxing instead, mm -hmm. which is also pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, something's wrong with me. But <laughs> I went to, um, I played my buddy Khalif, and he played like pro ball internationally, right? And this is, we were like what twenty seven at the time. I think he just stopped playing a couple years ago, yeah, or a few years at that time, and. I was like, oh, I, I just told him, like, listen, we're going to play a game of 21, and I want you to treat me as if I'm really good. Just show me what you got. I made zero points. I'm like, this is, there's a difference here. <laughs> I did that, um, I did a ping pong tournament uh, at a comedy festival. And at this ping pong uh, tournament, they have it every year at, at uh, Moon Tower in Texas. You play with locals, not just comics, you play locals too. So you end up playing people who are really good. Because comics, you only, you're going to see a, a pool of talent only to a certain level. Yeah. Now, Judah Friedlander is the best ping pong player I've ever played in my life. And he made it. He wanted to let me know, like, because I had gotten towards the end of the tournament and there was only four people left. He wanted to let me know, like, because I tried to pull some kind of, like, quick, like, mm -hmm. shots on him. He goes... Oh, he gave me a look like, oh, you're going to try to get a cheap shot for a point? He didn't let me score 11, 11 to 0. He nailed me 11 to 0. And I'm like decent at ping pong, but yeah. he he goes in every city and he challenges the people who are the local pros and he like he loves ping pong. Damn. Yeah, he's so good. It's so dope watching somebody do something at that level. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck is this even possible? Yeah. And it doesn't matter what, it could be something as stupid as badminton. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. But if you see somebody killing it, who are you like, how did you get this good? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I I, I mean, because you're seeing it at, like, I think that's why people like the Olympics. You get to see somebody. You get to see people at the top of their game, literally at like the pinnacle of their life, the most talented they're ever going to be. 
in one place. I just recently started taking boxing like seriously because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm 33 now. I got my body still. Let me just see what I can do. And three lessons in, I never want to go back. <laughs> it is fucking hard. Oh, yeah. It is so hard. Dude, I... Uh, my buddy who boxes Malik B, I just did his podcast where he was showing me how to spar. Malik's dope, man. I love the dude. Dude, for two minutes, I just had to hold up the gloves. Tiring as fuck. My shoulders were freaking dead, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, I was like, oh, I have a new respect for boxers. And Malik was a pro boxer. Dude, he is. He was showing me some stuff, and then he he like he gave me a glimpse of what he's capable of. It was terrifying. It's scary as shit. It was man. so. He literally like he's like, okay, you ready? He, I what? It blew me away how fast he came at me. Where I literally went like this. I was like, oh, my nose would have just went inside my my skull and exploded my brain, blood out my ears, <laughs> dead, <laughs> just dead. So like I had all those experiences because I, I was kickboxing for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then recently I started to do boxing and you kind of go through these rounds and when you look at it from a a spectator's point of view you say why are they so tired you know you have 10 rounds you can't be tired in the second i threw up in the second round yeah so i'm like don't ever say shit ever no it's hard for athletes it's it's crazy because it looks like oh you're moving around for three minutes but that's with the anxiety of you might get hit yep you're moving your feet you're moving your head you're throwing punches so it's it's fucking exhausting yeah when people are like they're not doing anything out there it's like dude they're doing a thousand things right now just doing this yeah just literally holding up their gloves and yeah it's wild our our first lesson it was just movement and i didn't Mm -hmm. throw a single punch by the third round i was gassed yeah and, and i was so this is, this, okay this is the real story of what happened i watched rocky one and rocky two the day before i went to go train and it was you know you see him go on the mountain slopes he's fucking running all this other <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah and i'm like i can do it you know the korean version of it he's a rocky and so I'm, i decide to bike to the gym it's seven miles away right yeah i bike to the gym and i'm like good i'm nice and warmed up i wasn't warmed up i already blasted my legs out <laughs> Yeah, you spend all you spend everything, <laughs> and so I'm there. I'm like heaving because I'm about to throw up, and he doesn't let you let up because he's a really great boxing coach. Shout out to Savant Young out in Fight Academy Pasadena. I leave and I forgot I have to bike seven miles back. I didn't think about this shit, Dude. so I'm biking. I'm getting like dizzy, delirious. So I just get to a tree. I tie my bike to a tree and I fall asleep under the tree for four hours. <laughs> Why does that sound like an episode of Pokemon that I watched? <laughs> Ash Ketchum is very tired today. He's been training hard. Pika Pika. He tied his bike to a tree. Let's see what Misty does when she finds him. Wake up, Ash. Oh, Misty. Oh. That's a really good Ash Ketchum impression, by the way. <laughs> That's highly, that's really accurate. I love it. I've been watching it too much lately. That's again. fucking funny. I've been watching it too much. That's really fucking good. <laughs> Holy shit, that was really accurate. Because he sounds like, like like he's been smoking for 30 years oh, of his fucking yeah, six-year-old yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been in a coal mine like straight out the womb. Dude, I got woken. I, the only reason why I woke up was because somebody woke me up because they thought I fucking died. Because I the way I was laying down to... <laughs> It's like I you, fell off a building. Yeah. <laughs> you drew the chalk around yourself. <laughs> Leave me alone. This lady came up. She goes, excuse me. And you go, okay. I'm like, huh? What, what do you mean? She's like, 
Are you okay? You need water? Like yeah, I'm, I'm sleeping. Oh, híjole, I thought I thought you died or something. Oh wow. I'm like, how pitiful do I fucking look? I'm just on the floor. Yeah. In fucking LA, just, just knocked perching. the fuck out. Yeah. It was the worst fucking experience ever. And after that, I just drive and I park it in a parking lot, and then I only go there by car. That's good. That's it's, a smart call. I'm telling you, you should try boxing. I think you'd be really great. All right, I might have to try it. Let's do. A, we're gonna do a speed round of questions, and then we're gonna end it out with sax talk. Let's do it, baby. This one comes from at Sean O'Gawathin on uh, Instagram. Have you gotten over your fear of heights? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I recently went hiking. It wasn't even hiking. So I have a buddy named Darian, Cambodian dude. This guy has no fucking fear. No fear. At all of anything. I call him the Cambodian billy goat because the way he just scales mountains and shit. He goes for it, yeah. So my other buddy, Joe tells Darian, hey, David is really scared of heights. But Darian doesn't take no for an answer. He goes, nah, he's not going to be scared of heights with me. I'm like, it doesn't change by the person, bro. <laughs> like, the fear is just there. Baby girl, I'm going to hold your hand. <laughs> I'm going to take you on the side of a mountain. Don't you even worry. Yeah, the Cambodian Billy Goat got you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he just grabs me by the pinky only. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, daddy. Thanks, boo. <laughs> so he takes me there, and we're, it, it's a paved road. And at first it wasn't too bad. And then all of a sudden I look up and it's not even a hiking trail. You actually have to climb this mountainside. I have a, I get vertigo. That's, that's where the fear of heights comes from. It's not from the actual fear. It's the fact that I pass out. So we get to a point where I can't go back down myself. And so the only option I have is to go back up. So it's with them so they can help me back down. Oh, man. So there's a part where I didn't realize that once you have to kind of zigzag your body between these rocks and then when you get to the top it's just pure death i didn't know this shit i look over to the right i get vertigo i start to pass out and i have to sit down for like three or four minutes and so my buddy what he had to do he had to go on the other side block my view so i don't see it so i could climb all the way up and i did that i came back home dead tired i actually got a fever for two days because of the adrenaline dump <laughs> that's a real thing yeah and i didn't i've never felt that before i thought i had i thought i caught rona again uh, the only time I've had an adrenaline dump that was like that was when I did a slap boxing match. <laughs> I had an adrenaline dump and I felt horrible. I just sit down. I started getting all dizzy and stuff after the fact because I had raised so much. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's the one time I felt that. Yeah, that and most people throw up from it, from the adrenaline dump. I got I had a fever for like a, like a day or two and I didn't realize it was because of all that fear and that anxiety that I was holding all that tension in. And I, uh, the only reason why I was able to do the whole thing was because I took a shit ton of CBD to calm my anxiety down. Yeah. But then it wears out after a while. Of course. And then I'm up there. There's a clip of me literally dragging my ass, just getting- Just scooting. I scooted down the whole mountainside getting butt fucked by every fucking rock for like a mile. And I just dealt with it. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) I have footage. I'll send it to you. (laughs) I mean, I would would love to play it, right? <laughs> Somewhere around here. It was bad. That's amazing. Um this one comes from uh Jason the Bull too. David, if you were a sandwich, which sandwich would you be? Also, what's your go-to sandwich? My go-to sandwich, man, what sandwich would I be? Man, he don't even know. I love sandwiches. One of my favorite foods ever of all fucking time. I had a sandwich for dinner tonight. That's what I'm talking about, baby. When you an adult, you eat sandwiches whenever. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, 
fucking business meetings, <laughs> general meetings, general meetings. Exactly. <laughs> I just have a sandwich and I'd be talking to people, baby. You have a very unique approach. He ate a sandwich and there was nothing inside it. There was nothing. It was just bread. And we we're like, this guy's creative. <laughs> <laughs> he has like the imagination of the hook story. He mm-hmm. just imagines food inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> but oh, there you are. <laughs> favorite sandwich of all time, man. That's hard to say. Vietnamese bun me. It's my favorite sandwich. Ooh, I've not had this. Man, I gotta hook you up, bro. Bun me? I'm gonna get you a Vietnamese bun me. It's gonna blow your fucking Please, mind. Please, because I'm a sandwich guy. Vietnamese bun me is gonna be a best sandwich ever. Really? Yeah. So what's on it? Uh, so it's different, right? You could have the 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 typical one that everybody gets is like they call they always call it the special, but Vietnam has a lot of French influence, right? Because okay. <clears throat> the colonization or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see a lot of French influence in their food. So they'll have their version of pate inside. They'll have their version of, of head cheese. I had pate for the first time. Did you like it or dislike it? I couldn't get behind it. Cool. Well, you could take the pate out. It's still delicious. Okay. Love right. Cause it. they also have a grilled pork version of it. Like I'll lemon, love, I'll love that. Grilled love lemongrass that. pork in it. It's fucking Perfect. delicious. I'm gonna get you that one and you're going to fucking love it. Okay. Get it for the baby. Don't even know if the baby has teeth yet. Gonna love it. We'll grind it up. We'll put it in a smoothie. <laughs> we'll puree it. Yeah, we're gonna stop Asian hate with this sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it for the wife, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because my baby, he was racist. He was, <laughs> he was like this. Ooh. <laughs> he came out the womb all like. <laughs> he was pushing out the pussy. <laughs> I was like, hey, son, easy with that. Easy. Hey, put it back in. Relax. Yeah, put it Relax. Back in. Hello, <laughs> Okay, all right. Those shouldn't be your first words. <laughs> I love your child already. Right? <laughs> the best. The best. Yeah. And then if I was a sandwich, which one I could be? I'd be a Vietnamese bun me, baby. Bun me? Okay. I got to try. Oh, man. That sounds amazing. Um, I mean, we were talking about it, but you found it on Instagram. Will you try stand-up again? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to do uh, something small out in Houston. Oh, or, cool. Uh, just going to do a small little show. Are you doing a club there or are you doing? what are you doing? I'm doing my own thing. Okay. And then I'm probably going to hit up clubs out there cool. just because you can't always just, you know, pander your jokes There's to your a place audience. called uh, The Secret Group that I highly recommend in Houston. Okay. Yeah, this is dope. All right. And who wants to watch me bomb out in Houston? <laughs> Please don't throw tomatoes at me. <laughs> I don't know why you would have tomatoes, but just don't throw them at me. <laughs> just bun me. I'll catch those. I'll eat them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. This one comes from, ooh, the lit... Uh, Oh, I know this guy. The Licky Farmat uh, uh, says, if you had to give up both your hands or your penis for eternity, which would it be? Both my hands or my penis? I'd mm-hmm. give up my penis. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've, I've lived hands? long enough. Yeah, I've... Hands? I need this. Also, with the surgery today, you could reconstruct it into a <laughs> vagina. Easy shit, dude. Right? I, I'll just be my own pocket pussy. There I'm, you go. <laughs> <laughs> Back to that peanut butter spread. <laughs> This, this guy got two sound effects. <laughs> and he got Ash Ketchum. Let's get it, baby. Oh, Misty. <laughs> peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter in the butt cheeks. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. One of my childhood fantasies. Oh, my um, Ian uh, Wiggs on uh, Ian underscore Wiggs on Twitter. What's the most eccentric Bobby Lee experience you've ever had? Uh, I was at, I did a live Tiger Belly show. And for some reason, I did. I never read emails. I didn't know it was a live show. I showed up. I was like, "This isn't his house." And then I, I showed up, and you know, Steve was there. <laughs> it was very odd. And that was the second time, though, but a little too close, where I saw his old 
long ass ball sack just dangling like a Romanian coin purse. Just fucking flopping. I was actually surprised how much gravity affected his balls. It was it was scraping the floor at this point. And I was just didn't I did not expect to see that that night. That's see that's interesting cuz I've seen Bobby's penis and balls a lot. <laughs> And I've never seen them as long hangers before. Oh, they... He's always... Every time I've seen him, which every time he like whips it out or whatever, he is shriveled because it's like he's just doing it real... He's, I don't know. What was the setting that you saw his in? This was the live show and he was giving a dude a lap dance. He had... That's so interesting. I've never seen him have long balls before. Oh, it was long. Like it like, like it was sad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. It was the longest balls I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. I think All he right. kept them nice and warm for the show. That's what it is. He mm-hmm. had them heated up. He had a heat pad underneath <laughs> the whole show. That's right. He just kind of lit a match and lit a temp fucking pad on fire. He just put yeah. it right there. He just has a candle underneath there. He's just like roasting them. And the funny thing is, when I first time I ever saw Bobby Lee was when I went to UCR. And he did a stand-up show there. And that's the first time I saw his balls, too. He did it at a college show? At a college show. Times were different then. Well, yeah. I mean, and people, you know, I mean, it's still, it's still hilarious, but the times were different. I remember what he was wearing. It was leopard underwear, leopard print underwear. <laughs> I love Bobby so much. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. I love that he did that at a college show. That's a, hilarious. You know, now that you say that, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I never registered that. He did that at a college show. He had, he had my dorm RA. He was up there. He made him stand up straight. He was a skinny black dude cool as fuck he made a stand up like a pole and he used him as a pole and then he sexually harassed him and he pole danced with him <laughs> with this leopard underwear and his ball sacks came out <laughs> that is, did that answer your question <laughs> that's solid nobody questioned that that's, it was at a university it was at my college at UCR different time it's just fun yeah everybody was, it's was punk okay. rock dude <laughs> That's all it is, dude. It's, it's punk, punk rock. rock it's punk rock, bro. Yeah, that's all that it is. That's all it is. We good, baby. We good, bro. <laughs> We're gonna round it out with this final segment called Sax Talk. Sax Talk. I never ever liked butt sex. Butt sex is something that somebody had to convince me of, and it was weird. So, and. I remember this girl because I met her uh, at the community college that I was going at. And then before we hooked up, she says that she gets off anally. Very weird. I don't like butt sex because it smells. It's stinky. So we started getting it on at her place. And she was like, stick it in my ass. I was like, I cannot do this. I don't know too much about butt sex, but apparently I found out from a couple of gay homies that you're supposed to go through this whole process where you clean out your butt and you don't eat for a couple of days. (sighs) She did not do any of this. There was a smell. A stench. If you will. My penis went soft. We did it for a couple more weeks after that. I could not provide what she needed, so she dumped me. The end. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. I got dumped because I, I wouldn't do butt sex. The irony of that wordplay. <laughs> you getting dumped over. Yes. No butt stuff. Yep. I got dumped for not doing butt sex. Wow. You bitch. You're too straight edge, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm too fucking, I'm too just, you know, I just play by the rules too much, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I, that's, a, that's a harsh reason to be like, oh, uh, really? That's why? She said that I, she goes, my needs are important. I need to get off. And if you can't do this, which is very good communication. I just thought, I just never thought that that would happen. Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't think most people who lose relationships over butt sex ever see it coming. <laughs> this this is true. It just kind of, kind of blindsided me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it butt sided me really bad. Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Oh, man, this was fun. I love it. I had a blast. We'll have to come back. I usually do like a wig segment and stuff, but uh, yeah, we, I, we the conversation was so good, I didn't want to cut into it. So we'll, we'll come back and we'll do more improvs and riffs and uh, we'll definitely have to do a part two, brother. Let's do it. I love thank it. You. Thanks, man. Oh.